the Sean Swilton Gearment.com podcast. I'm super honored to have fitness and health legend Dan John onto the show. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much. I really, this is kind of cool how it all worked out with Pat Flynn uh, connecting the dots. And uh, here I am today. And uh, it's, uh, we, we are meeting, I would say, at interesting times. Not mm-hmm. the most interesting times in my life, but uh, this, isn't a, this is its own little niche in my life. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It is. And I'm excited to talk to you in person over the, the video here. Sure. And you're right. Th- these times, um, a lot of people are really struggling right now. And I can see that. But I know you've been through a lot of adversity. You, you talk a lot about inspiration. And, and I, I've been through a lot of adversity myself with, with parents' loss and siblings' loss. And all these things build character and resolve and allow us to grow in these challenging times and uh, make the most out of life. So the thing is, so, uh, Sean, is that... Uh, um, you got to learn from them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you know, if you keep making the same mistake over and over, there comes a time where the universe says, well, okay, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, what is it? You're, you know, you're out, you're, you're, you're done. We're finished with you. You know, um, do you mind? Uh, it's funny. Cause I have this, these three foundational coaching principles. I try to teach people. Do you mind if I just go through them real quick? Oh, please, Dan. Yes. Go for it. The first one, uh, I get this from my wife. She works for treasury and this is why we're doing so well right now honestly we're doing very well invest wisely in asymmetrical risks mm. so and it, let me just tell you how to summarize that in a, in a nutshell what's the worst that could happen and i think big kids job is to ask that question um my daughter uh, especially my daughter Lindsay, who i love have made fun of me for years because i have these uh, uh these emergency backpacks and i insist that they have them in their car yep and I have them scattered around the house. And about three weeks ago, Lindsay said, do you have an extra one? Because when I sold my car, I, I left it in there. And I thought to myself, one of the smartest things you ever did in your life, Lindsay, was to have me as your father. Because that's how I think. Now, listen, you probably will never use that get out, you know, bug out backpack. You'll probably never use it. Yeah. But boy, how much is it worth if you ever do have to crack it open, you know, you're stranded in a car somewhere in Utah, Colorado, mm-hmm. that can happen. Colorado's got some nasty areas in it too. Oh, it does. You can die in Utah. It's easy to die in Nevada, even easier. Um, and that little bit of that three or four days worth of water for three or four people, when you coach football and you sit back and you say, what's the worst thing that happen? Uh, you can kill somebody. If you own a swimming pool, what's the worst thing can happen? And what it does is it, by asking that, I'm not a bad person. I'm not being, a, I'm not peeing on the party or anything like that. I'm yeah. just, that's our job. So when you own a business, I'm not saying you could have saw this. I'm not saying, but you could have said, what's the worst that could happen? Right. Number two, and this is, this is my whole coaching principle. I'm about to give away the whole ranch here. Three words. Embrace the obvious. Love it. Swimmers swim, jumpers jump, hurdlers hurdle, swimmers, you know, Biker's bike. That's the foundation of what I do. If you're going to be an Olympic lifter, if you see a program I give to an Olympic lifter, you'll notice there's a lot of Olympic lifts in there because that's what you should be doing. If you work with my discus throwers, throw a lot more than your discus throwers because that's what makes them improve. When it comes to times like this, you know, embracing the obvious, um, since when is washing your hands a bad thing? Right. <laughs> when did that suddenly become a Hey, folks, I got this idea in the health industry. I, I don't know. Sit down. Dan John's about to speak. Wash your hands after you urinate, defecate, uh, touch, uh, touch uh, three-day-old fish. Uh, you know, stick your hand in a garbage pail. Just came up with that. Write this down. No one's writing this stuff down. I got it, Pam. Okay. Uh, some of the stuff, uh, you know, I've, <laughs> we've been joking for a while. I've been trying to social distance myself from a lot of people for a long time. I, I that. I'm a good excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely respect that. And then the third principle is, uh, even though I talk a lot about goal setting, and I have to because we talk a lot about goal setting in the fitness industry. I don't believe it. But let me just get back to that. So people want goals. Yeah. But then they, I always tell people, respect the process. The results, they're fine. If, and, I, and I say this is my most common one, uh, but, you know, if you, for the next 366 days, you decide to 
uh, well, 365, not because we did leap day. Uh, 365 days, so you decide to sleep nine hours every night, uh, eat vegetables, protein, and drink water at every meal. Go for a go for a walk every day. Lift weights three days a week. Um, you know, you know, cut back on no 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 crap no crap food, no crap candy. In a year, there's going to be this magnificent transformation. You didn't have to do a seven day liver cleanse. You didn't have to drink cayenne pepper and green tea and monkey extract. Um, because if you follow the process, you know, good things happen. You know, Coach Mon, uh, when I first met him, the first day, I asked him what's the secret of being a great discus thrower. And he said, you know, lift three days a week, throw for four days a week for the next eight years. And it's funny, I look back on that wisdom, and I, I didn't catch it at the time because I was too stupid. I wanted, I wanted the secret. But it, in other words, what Coach was trying to tell me, the process is what makes you a great thrower. The yeah. results, man... That 200, 210 foot throw, that's going to come from those brick, 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 and pretty soon you're dropping bombs at 210. I love it. What a 19-year-old, 18-year-old thrower wants to hear is, okay, here it is, at the back of the ring. You know, it's like they were. Yeah, the quick fix. Yeah, the quick fix, you know. And when we're at times like this, you know, I've been – challenging my daughters since they were little uh to always have a little a little extra money and i i heard years ago it's the cost of a hot water here basically yeah. so that will cover a set of tires if you if you have a problem that uh, yesterday my battery died i can't in fact my daughters yelled at me last night it's kind of funny dan john's battery died isn't he the guy who says replace it every three years <laughs> It was kind of fun to watch them parrot it back, but you yeah. know, uh, have a little emergency fund that's readily available and you can take care of business. Uh, number two is do your best to be debt free. Mm-hmm. And then number three, have this kind of, you know, it's funny, I already did mine. In December 2009, I took my whole family to Ireland for Christmas. Nice. That was my dream since mm-hmm. I, I think the girls were little, little, little. Now I go back to Ireland three, four times a year, spend at least a month a year there every year. Wow. But in December 2009, that was my, that's what I've been saving the nickels and dimes for, uh, for the better part of sneaking up on, at the time, even 20, 21 years. And, uh, and we did it. But there's not one of those things I just said is sexy. But if you've got people who do personal finance here or financial advisors, they'd probably be going, well, yeah, that's, that's all true, Dan. But, you know, you really want to, no, no, it's all true. Mm-hmm. If you don't have those three things, don't tell me about this secret stock or this multi-level marketing idea you have. No, really. You drink this thing and, you know, I tell you, I started drinking and I felt better. Yeah, because you make money every time you sell it. So <laughs> I feel yeah. better every time someone buys my book. It's like, yeah, cash for me. Exactly. <laughs> hey, buy Dan John's books because they'll make him feel better. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And they will. Yes. That's really good That's advice. Good. That's an overview of how I see everything in life, but I tie it over into coaching. Oh, I love that. And like you, um, my wife has got a go bag in her trunk of her Jeep. I have one in my truck. I'm all about being prepared and not for it's going to happen, but if it does happen, you're not blindsided by it, you know? Asymmetrical risk. My go bag has cost about 20 bucks, but they're worth millions if it's my grandchildren on a hot day stranded in the desert. Absolutely. I mean, it's little things, you know, like um, having toe straps in my truck at all times. I've saved so many people's day by pulling them out and vice versa. You know, just preparing for these little things, right? Uh, how did I get my car started yesterday? I have jumper cables in my cars. There you go. It's, again, I've, I forgot how to use jumper cables. <laughs> now, yeah. part of that is the, the, the fact that I'm 63. But the other fact is that, uh, you know, if you haven't put on jumpers in a while, there's like a moment where you're like, you know, I don't want to blow myself up. So let's right. take a moment. Yeah. <laughs> to remember how to correctly. Yeah. 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 I was there. Actually, I was like this. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, Shoot. Exactly. Oh, right. I looked at that. <laughs> oh, I feel you. Yeah. I um we have these little battery charger ones now. So we can like self jump and we get my Costco for like 40 bucks. And everybody I know is going on a road trip, but they get a gift from us. That's that. Hopefully they never have to use it. And welcome to asymmetrical risks. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you coach football, you've got to teach your quarterback, you've got to teach your offense a thing called take a safety. It's your, you are going to give up two points 
so he can kick off from the 20 instead of inside the five. But if you don't practice it, the quarterback's going to take the ball and take a knee inside the field of play and give them the ball on the two-yard line. Oh, yeah. With three seconds to go, and they got a chance to win. Now, the number of times I've taken a safety as a, as a head coach or an assistant coach in my career, you know how many times it is? Zero. Never. Now, I've seen other coaches do it. Mm -hmm. But you have – so you might say your hand goes up in the back. Yes. So why do you do it if you've never done it? Because the one time I do, we're talking about a W versus an L. Yeah. And in football, uh, I always joke with people, you know how you spell fun in football? W-I-N because losing is the worst yeah and everything so it, these are what we call asymmetrical risks so as a coach you know when i'm teaching adolescents to tumble and break falls and stuff yeah they always go boy yeah if i ever get knocked down in a play or something like that i'll roll yeah that's true but it's also true when you're my age you'll have the skill honed in there when you do slip on ice and we both have that issue oh yeah you'll break the fall not break a bone or break a hip or break a shoulder. Oh, I love that. Can, can lead to your death. Mm -hmm. And so that's, so that really, you know, as we sit here in the quarantine, um, uh, I, I think through that of all the valuable lessons I've learned as a strength coach, the, the, they all are great life coach method um, points too. Mm -hmm. Nothing I've learned as, as a strength coach, as an athlete, not one of those lessons out there in the field of play have ever not been true in real life, if you want to call it real life. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's really good. And I like your, your, your point on, um, on goals. I mean, as a fitness professional, almost every person comes to me or somebody like me with, here's my goal. I'm going to lose X amount of pounds. And you're like, then what? If you do that, like, do you, what? <laughs> and so well, I have a book called now what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've got a lot of good books. Well, I'm just saying the, the idea of now what? You just won the national championship. Good for you. Now what? Yeah, now what? Uh, well, I'm going to move into my sister's basement and rot there until I die. <laughs> good plan. Yeah, uh, good, solid. Good plan. Yeah. Uh, so I break, you know, goal setting down. I only do goal setting with athletes mm -hmm. because they have a distinct A, say a to B. Mm -hmm. With athletes, you have a clear A. Literally, your number, in track and field especially, in swimming, is who you are. If you throw the discus 180 feet, you are a 180 foot discus thrower. That's it. I don't care how tall you are, how heavy, what you look like. That's your A. Your B is a next a number that's higher, 190, or in the sprinting a number that's lower, you know, 12 flat. And so it only works with athletes because they have such measurable uh, and clear goals. With everybody else, uh, I got this from Steve Ledbetter, and, I, and I'm totally honest and frank about it. You can see me right now, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's not who I am. Did you know that? I'm 21 years old. I got a 4.0. I'm a senior at Utah State. I'm the, I'm the MVP of the track team. I got a hot girlfriend. Every professor, uh, at the first question they ask on Monday, the first thing they say on Monday is how well I threw on the weekend. That's who I think I am. Which like wrong that. set of sentences? <laughs> because that's who I think I am. Mm -hmm. But who I am is this guy. And most of your normal clients, their goal is, what they're trying to tell you is, oh, you see this? This isn't me. The real me is 20 pounds lighter. Uh, I'm faster. I'm prettier. Uh, all the boys look at me as I walk by. Um, my, my, I got rock hard butt cheeks and I can, I can play pickup basketball games for nine hours. Go get a, go in, drink, uh, you know, have, eat dinner go back out and play street football for six hours. And that is a tough lesson to learn. That is oh, a yeah. tough lesson to learn. Sorry. Whenever I'm on a podcast, people start calling me because they can't help it. And I thought I... <laughs> I hear that. I put my, my, my phone on to uh, no notifications for two hours. Yeah, okay. Good, good. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's very true. It's a very good point, though. Um, you know, I was talking with my friend Eric Froher. I think you know Eric as well. We were hiking, and he's <laughs> Eric's a stud. He, I love the man. Um, we were hiking and he has ruck on and, you know, he's like, what are you training for right now? I'm like, for, for life. Like, I just want to be able to wake up in the morning and go do this with you and then go take my wife on a hike, go backcountry skiing or backcountry splitboarding and then train my people I care about, help my friend move. 
I have no specific goal. <laughs> I just want to feel good. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's uh, most of the people we work with. That's, that is what they really need. Um, right. And that's, the, and that's why uh, defining things is so difficult sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and to be honest, uh, on the guy's side, it's hard, but on the American female, and I'm speaking mm-hmm. specifically about American females, I don't know what your audience is like, but for the American female, I think it's even uh, more difficult because, uh, you know, you could put up, I mean, you could put up a picture of the most beautiful woman in the world and people will pick it apart. Yep. You know, she's a Sports Illustrated model. Oh, she's, yeah, her hips are too wide. Oh, <laughs> I t- and uh, it's, it's hard because getting people to have realistic expectations about what, honestly, realistic expectation about what training can do for you in body composition. Realistically, and the answer is going to, this doesn't, you know, this doesn't sound good, but not very much, mm-hmm. not very much at all. Um, for most people, body composition happens right down the stairs there in the kitchen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Body composition happens in the kitchen. Uh, Josh Hills, you know, your friend there in Denver, uh, he says the most intense training session of the week should be shopping, coming home and chopping, shopping and chopping. Oh, I love that. And that's, uh, that's you should. That's when you drink your Red Bull Monster Cow <laughs> Fleet Reserve Alpha Chi Omega Supercharger. Mm-hmm. Get all fired up. You know, you hit the store and you just get your vegetables and you get your meat. You chop, 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 chop. And you, you know, it's all you, bro. It's all you. You're the broccoli, bro. You got the broccoli, you know. Asparagus. Asparagus. That's right. <laughs> I chopped that asparagus. And uh, the truth, that's, that's the truth. I've heard 19, uh, 95% of body comp is, is in the kitchen. I don't believe it because I do know that what we do in the weight room uh, kicks off the hormonal cascade that Rob Wolf, uh, another fellow Colorado, Coloradoite. Uh, I like that, yeah. Uh, Coloradoite. Uh, taught us is that uh, what we do in the weight room stimulates this hormonal cascade. Having said both of those, so both are true, but you got to have both. You do. Yeah. Now what the percentage, I don't really care, but you got to have both. Uh, when I, I tell the story all the time about when I was teaching at the school over here called Judge Memorial and student worked at a, a bagel company here in town and she had uh, she brought in a, one day a chocolate chip bagel to show me and i said how many calories are in that thing she goes we're not allowed to talk about it well she later found out it was 1100 calories in a bagel uh-huh. it's dense because it's chocolate chip and yeah grain sugar chocolate chip. i mean basically you're eating a chocolate chip holding device you know <laughs> Well, and, and, and how are you going to get rid of an excess of 1100 calories? Cause you're going to be starving in 45 minutes because mm-hmm. of the, the balance of your insulin levels, you know, mm-hmm. how can you not run that? I mean, you can, could you run a marathon on 1100 calories? I'm thinking, and thinking it is about that. It's not marathons aren't calorically huge expenditures, right? I, you know, I don't run marathons, but I do backcountry skiing. And I, I've worn heart rate monitors and tracked calories. On a big day, I can do 5,000 calories on paper, at least. Yeah. So I don't, things yeah. But again, uh, backcountry is different, but yeah, uh, mm-hmm. le- much less efficient. <laughs> it's <than>, anti-efficient. <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite of efficient. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so maybe you could get up. The, but still, I mean, you said 5,000, right? Yeah, and that was a big day. I was, that was one called Commando Run, where they used to train the 10th Mountain Division. So it's not something most people would want to do. It's, it's kind of a suffer fest. But yeah. I'd say probably 1,500 on an average day. But again, you're skiing uphill. Like, how fun is that? <laughs> so, you know, we, we, you're burning 1,500 going uphill for 12 hours. It's going to be hard to burn, <laughs> burn that uh, bagel off. If you're eating one a day yeah. and you're doing that workout one day a week, good luck on the uh, that's the bathtub model. But let's oh, go. Sure. You get any more questions? Um, you gotta... Oh, I have tons of questions. Well, where do you find your inspiration in, in these kinds of times? I know you prepare, you know, you, you have like the, not in the worst case, but a potential bad case scenario, but you're so positive and so much fun to listen to on, on all your lectures and on the Pat Flynn show and on your show. Well, the, the thing for me is, uh, you know, there's a sign on my gym wall and it's not a sign. I, I wrote it up there. You know, any idiot can bring you problems. Mm-hmm any idiot 
I used to have a coach who was great at bringing problems. I like people and I like to solve problems. Yeah. So what I like is I'll listen. And sometimes I've actually gone to workshops and I'll listen to somebody else raise their hand to, to the presenter. So I'm sitting there in the presentation. Someone will ask a question and I can specifically remember this clear as can be at this one thing I was at. I don't want to make, cause I, I don't want to poop on anybody, another, another person, but another presenter coach, but their answer was so bad. And what was good about their answer was their lack of, they knew the question was uh, this way. And all they knew was this. Oh, and man. what it allowed me to do was knit the problem of why these two people couldn't communicate. Because really the answer was that they were both kind of on the same path, but they couldn't talk. And, I, and that's, yeah. that got me thinking, um, work with the personal trainer who said, you know, the biggest problem I have is, you know, I've noticed that sometimes we do mobility. People tell me they sleep better and it helps on, on fat loss. And I thought, wow. And so I started researching it really talking to trainers, talking personal trainers, because I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm from the athletic side. So not yeah. the body comp side. And all of a sudden, these same things kept rebooting. And that's, when I, the, that's where the book, Can You Go?, comes from, literally, is my attempt to help uh, personal trainers cut to the chase. Because if you have somebody like myself, now I'm going to come into your gym, and I'm going to start telling you how good I used to be. That's the first thing out of my mouth. I'm going to start telling you, I would have, should have, could have, you know, used to, could have, uh, you know, I used to do this. And the truth is, you got to deal with me today as I sit today in uh, 2020. And so I came up with the one, two, three, four assessment for people like me mm-hmm. who are going to push back on you because, oh, yeah, I've done that. Well, yeah, that might be true, but your waistline 79 inches. Okay. <laughs> it was good that you did that back in 1974. Yeah. But let's talk about today with this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can't hold a plank for more than three seconds. I think, I don't think you're strong enough. You know, so you just, yeah. Uh, the other question is, so the three basic questions in the thing are uh, waist, waist to height uh, relationship. Your, I believe your waistline should be half your height. If not, you're a body composition client. Uh, the number two issue is how many pillows do you need to sleep comfortably at night? If it's more than one, you're a joint mobility client. Oh, nice. Now, you can argue with me, as often happens. I do yoga, but I like, to, but I sleep with three pillows because they're more comfortable because you're a joint mobility client. No, no, you don't understand. I'm very flexible. I said joint mobility. Why do you need that pillow between your knees? Because my hips hurt. Why do your hips? Oh, oh, because I'm stiff. You're, thank you. Okay. And then number three, can you hold a two-minute plank? Uh, any plank you want. Um, and if you can't, then you're a strength. So body comp, joint mobility, strength. If you fail all three tests, you're considered a seven, which is the center of the Venn diagram. And, you know, people can be, you know, combinations of those. And, and that's quite common. So where I get this stuff from usually is, it's always problem solving. Uh, you know, you, you, you work with an athlete and after a while you start to pick up on the same things. I've been around, I've been coaching since uh, 79. So, you know, you go to this meet and this athlete, you watch them fade. You watch them fall apart. And, and what, and this is the book now. I'm, I'm just shifting. I'm just, it's funny. I'm just talking about books right now, but I don't mean to. I'm not selling. I'm just saying that. Well, what I began to notice is that the person either couldn't control their physical tension or their mental arousal or their heart rate was wrong. And the heart rate's actually. It's, if it's low, that's the easiest. The easiest of all is if your heart rate's low. Yeah. Like if you have to wait or if something happens at a track meet, I had a young, uh, we were at a track meet one time and this idiotic jackass uh, photographer uh, was standing out checking his pictures in the javelin sector and took one in the leg. It's on him. Yeah. It's the thrower's fault. It's on yeah. him. Well, they held up the high jump for an hour and my high jumper had a, was going to win the state championship uh, easily, in fact. And then the problem was she needed to warm back up again. She needed to get her heart rate back up. Of course, her arousal level got destroyed by when do I go? Her tension went up and down. Am I, am I up? Am I down? Am I up? Am I down? And when you look at situations like that, then you learn later how to coach that. You know, we actually practice now getting you at the right physical tension 
for a deadlift, you have to have a lot. Yeah. Go to sleep at night and need very little. To throw mm-hmm. the discus, you don't need a ton. Arousal is about the same. You know, if you slapping someone in the face before a big deadlift might actually help them. But right before they throw the hammer, javelin, discus, doesn't help at all. In fact, mm-hmm. we'll probably hurt them because the arousal has to be a little bit. I'm probably at the right level of arousal right now to throw the discus. Right now. Um, you know, talking to you, uh, uh, interviewing with you here, you know, there's some, there's some angst. We had to get the thing set up. So it raised my arousal level up a little to a nice little spot where I'm at right now. Well, if I keep firing that thing, uh, uh, and you know, I'm going to put myself out of the zone of having a good podcast. You follow? And so, and so that's what you do. You observation. It, it is. That's why I love being around old, older coaches, uh, coaches who've been there, done that. They're usually, you know, if you don't mind a quick story, when I was in junior college, I'm, I'm, I'm on a bus, on a, on a, on a, well, it was a minivan, but a minivan, we're going to Southern California for a track meet. And uh, one of my teammates played against me in high school. We we're talking about the game. His name was Calvin Ellison. And Cal says to me, he goes, you know, we knew we were in better shape than you guys. And our coaches told us all week that we would be able to pull away from you guys in the second half. And I said, well, you know, the problem with that great theory is it was 36 nothing at halftime. And you guys were going against our backups who were very fresh. You guys, and he, he, and we started talking. I suddenly realized my high school coach, Ray Young, realized that you only needed to be, this is the conditioning level you needed to play a football game. And to condition and condition and condition and condition didn't make you better. It made you a better cross-country runner, but it didn't carry over the game uh, to the field. And we would talk about our practices, and the guys would be like, yeah, we had three, four, five-hour practice every day. And I'd be like, our practices went for an hour and a half. I can remember a few going, but we were just more organized, more efficient, more focused. Coach had checklists. He had, and in fact, I have pictures of his, uh, his uh, game, sheet, uh, game sheet for the last game I played uh, at his funeral. I, it was there, and I took a picture of it. So I can reference it. It's in the book, Four Years of the Whistle. Uh, and I can reference the, the offensive play chart my senior year. And I look at it, it's like he's 15 years ahead of all the coaches he's going against. Because the longer you coach, the s- you don't make things easier. You make them simpler. Yes. And this is what needs to be done this uh one quick other story my junior year we're lining up it's our first game and i look over and in fact i asked the assistant coach what is this other team doing there the coach is out and he's going through who's on the kickoff team and showing them where to line up the kickoff return team showing where to line up and i'm like because we did kickoff and kickoff return the first day of double sessions we did punt return punt punt return kickoff field goal, PAT, PAT block, all that stuff in double sessions. They waited until the first game. Well, what are the chances of us winning that game? Very high. Yes. A third of the yards in a game are special teams. So we dominate these poor guys simply because our coaches did a simple thing earlier. Yeah. And, of course, that's the great phrase from Coach Mullen, my coach, little and often over the long haul. You practice punt every day. You practice this every day. And then when you get to your games, it's done. You don't have to uh, cram. You know, some students will cram everything in. Yeah. And all it does is cram out the other ear, you know. Yeah, that's, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Oh, I, I like that a lot. And I think that it advocates for people like you and me who, uh, another one, people like us, who train smart. We want to coach smart. We're not trying to overcomplicate things. Just what works. Do that. Yeah. And when you look at what, how I train people, and um, I'm, I'm always, I always get pushback from people, especially online. Oh, that's too easy. Well, did you do it? Well, no, but I just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, go to a track and field meet. Look how effortlessly the best athletes compete, and it looks so easy. You figure you can, well, let me give me that discus. Let me throw that 210 feet. You can't even, you pick it up and you go, that's, that's a lot heavier than it looks. Yeah. Welcome to my world right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have questions, roll on them. I'll, I'll oh, just yeah. I'll grab her all day long. 
Yeah. I, I love this. I'm, this is so entertaining and so insightful and so helpful. Um, I was on the podcast last week with a, a, a familiar fitness professional, Tyler, um, and he does uh, Highlands games as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you, you're big into this. Are you going to have to table that for a while during this whole quarantine? Or are you still practicing? Or? Oh, no. I'm, well, I'm 63, so I'm basically retired. Uh, I got to tell you what drove me out of the games. Um, I still did. In our, uh, in our tradition, in our family, our rehearsal dinner is a Highland Games followed by a pig roast. Oh, I love it. And so dinner is Hawaiian shirts and kilts. So it has to be seen to be believed. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, I turned the caber uh, at my daughter's uh, wedding last June. Uh, very proud of that. Wow. Um, 2007 and 2008, I won what's considered the most important Highland Games, the Pleasanton Highland Games. Most people say that's the X, that's the spot. And I would win it, and someone walks up to me right after, well, are you going to be up in uh, Chesterfield tomorrow for the uh, next week for the uh, granddaddy of them all games? I go, well, wasn't this the biggest one? Well, yeah, yeah but, you know, and that kind of, it was like one of those things where I couldn't even go. And Tiff says she could see when I was on the victory stand. She knew something just happened because I had that look on my face like, uh, Peggy Lee, is that all there is? Is that all there is? And then uh, I came back a few times, and I, I competed for a long time in the Highland Games after that, obviously. But, uh, you know, a lot of the young guys got so into when I first competed, we all just, everybody, if there was 14 athletes, we all competed with each other. And then they went A's and B's and C's and super A's and over 200, under 200, masters. And then masters broke down into subsections. And then you had to have the exact, exact implements versus the fact that when I first started, you made your own. So when you would go to the, uh, the Orem Highland Games, uh, you'd throw the weight for distance 95 feet because it was a long, long chain. And then the next weekend, same event, you'd throw it 28 feet and be like, what the heck? Well, because it was just a different implement, you know. I love that. You know, I love the – and then I started competing towards the end. Uh, the athletes stopped drinking alcohol during the competition. Oh. They stopped eating. They stopped being as fun. Uh, uh, drugs showed up big time. I just – you know – I saw what drugs did to track and field, and I saw what drugs did to the other sports I coach in. You know, just when you see it coming again, you know, you just, yeah. and it's, my wife will tell you, my daughters will tell you, it's, it's a rare week. I don't get a, a, a call or a email that somebody I know who's close to me died way too young. Um, I'm, I'm 63 and, I'm starting to think I'm one of the few left out there, you know, Wow. Uh, it's just the, the you know, uh, how, how young people die. And it's like, you know, well, and it's tough. Um, if you read uh, Charlie Francis's speed trap, uh, four of my friends are in the book and all four of them are, are, are providing drugs at certain, you know, for, for Charlie Francis and the sprinters up there. And it's like, oh. when you hear that, it's like, at least Charlie named names, um, mm -hmm. kind of like the Balco, B-A-L-C-O book years ago. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, boy, that book. Tiff said, uh, I was reading it like this. No, no. Because <laughs> oh, it was like, I'm from South San Francisco. And it would be like literally guys from South San Francisco. Yeah. One guy had a gym in South City. One guy had a judo uh, dojo in South City. These are people, I went to school with one of the guy's sons and, and it was just, you get to the point where it's like, ugh, that's just so dirty. Yeah. It is interesting that the Balco book came out at the same time as the, the Denver Bronco linebacker. Uh, Bill Romanowski? That's the one, Romo. Yep. Mm -hmm. He had the book come out and he said, this is how I performed. I, I, you know, drank copious amounts of water, ate vegetables at every meal. And then the Balco book comes out the exact same week and he's all over the Balco book. Yeah. Yeah. It's more it's than just clear water and uh, fibrous vegetables. Yeah. It wasn't just protein chili. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep, keep asking questions. Oh, this is great. Um, so I, I've listened to so much of your content and there's been so many great takeaways. Uh, I believe one of, the, one of the ones I really enjoyed was you enjoy, um, if you're in an airport or someplace for a while, sitting in a deep squat position. Do you still 
advocate for that? that? That bothers people, but yeah, I do. Now what yeah. I do is in the Sky Club, I'll lean forward in my seat. Uh, I'll lean forward like I'm getting something out of my bag and I'll sit there. I, I used to do it a lot more visibly. I buy a brand of jeans called Barbell Brand, and that's what I travel in. Uh, they're a little expensive, to be frank with you. They're like 150 bucks each, but you can squat in them. And that's very important. If you had, uh, you know, when I was young and I had those massive thighs, it's funny because my thighs are coming back, and that's something people are noticing. It'd be like this. I'll be in shorts and see this. What <laughs> your thighs? Shut up. Leave me alone. <laughs> Strong. Since I'm you know, backwards, sled pulls, squats, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I wear those when I travel, particularly so I can so I can get in the squat. And what's good about the squat when you're traveling? It, I have a theory. It's called the the two part mobility program. And I might be wrong in this, but sitting in the deep goblet squat. Whoever invented the goblet squat, probably one of the most important people. I think in, you might know him. Yeah, in the history of everything. And so. Goblet squats, especially if you sit in the bottom and hanging. Yes. I, think, I think just hanging from a pull-up bar or whatever you have and the goblet squat might be the only two things most people I know need to do. Obviously, there's a lot more folks. I'm exaggerating. Mm -hmm. it's, I think it's my – I really do think it's part of our job mm -hmm. to make those lines in the sand. It's nutrition, protein, vegetables, water. Hand goes up. What about – yeah, I guess that's okay. But you, the point is, I think our job is to have strong statements that make people go, huh? Yeah. Uh, well, you're doing 35 exercise, but you're not hanging. Oh, try hanging, you know? Yeah, so I, yeah, a bit of it. I'm, I'm a bit of a loon. Uh, my, you know, my, my, my neighbor across the street there, she has said this, though. She does feel, I mean, it's not a bad neighborhood, but she said, much safer uh, with me training outside, you know, almost every day and, up to 14 people outside, you know, carrying farmer bars down the walk and, uh, you know, doing all the stuff we do. You know, if someone's going to try to break in during the day around my neighborhood, you know, you might face uh, a pack, a pack, if you will, of crazies. So. Oh, I love it. You know, I'm a big fan of training outside. So this last month of uh, quarantine style life has been rather enjoyable. I, I live in a community. There's about a uh, hundred units condos around here. We have a nice open area. Yeah. I have all the kettlebells. I have maces, Indian clubs, um, some slam balls and just go out there and, you know, do yeah. our thing. I don't, I don't think it's, I mean, I'm a big believer. So I believe, so in men's health called my gym, which is directly below me right now. It's my garage, America's top gym. And when the guys first out came out there, they were like, the photographer was the best. He's like, this is a garage. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's a good one. And then about halfway through the, when, he, when he's photographing, he's going, this is really, I like how you do this. This is a good idea. So we got a photographer, and I think it was from Denver, actually. And he's just like going, this is such a good idea. But we leave the garage doors open. So here in Utah, it gets very cold in winter. Mm -hmm. And it gets very, very hot in the summer. If you leave bells out, they'll burn your hands. Oh, yeah. And uh, when we do certain ground exercises in winter, you can't, you're going to freeze. If your skin comes up, you know, and you roll on the ground, you're, woo, you know, you're <laughs> brisk. But I think there's value to that because I like to train in suboptimal situations. Yes. So, but I like to compete in the best facilities, the best discus I can buy, the best equipment I can buy. I always have the best equipment at, on the day. And I don't care what you, I don't care if we taped, if you're a Highland game guy and you're training as a traffic cone, I'm, I think you're, I'm going to worry about you. If you made up your own Highland game stuff out of crap that you found around the house or the neighborhood, I worry about you because I know that you're going to be the one who's uh, out thinking the rest of us, you know, you're, you're out MacGyvering us. Mm -hmm. And when you start, when you kick this in, good things happen. It's, it's one of my fundamental coaching points. I don't know. I wouldn't put it in the top three, but it's right there. I believe that deprivation increases capacity. I like that. So in this time of the quarantine, most people are eating home-cooked meals all the time. Mm -hmm. Most people are probably drinking water. Most people are getting more sleep. Yeah, so I am, for sure. Not being able to do anything is probably making many people better. Uh, 
my most successful time as a track coach is when we didn't have a discus ring, a shot put ring, uh, a javelin runway. We didn't have a field to throw in. So all the athletes, we, <laughs> we threw stuff into a wall. Well, we had coaches from Florida to California fly out to see this, what I was doing because I was the talk of the throwing community. And when they came out, it's like the one coach from Florida said, everything's so simple. It's just so, you know, and he, and he you could just see his mind going because he had, you know, his throwers would take one throw. The, the seven assistant coaches would look at the videotape. They'd all look at the monitor. Mm -hmm. uh, your left pinky uh, went off the distal plane right there. And my throwers, during the time, they would get five throws. My throwers would get 500. And the coach is going, I've never seen so many repetitions. And I go, what else do you want me to do? And he goes, and that's when I came up with deprivation increases uh, capacity. I like that a lot. I think that's a really good point. And especially right now, um, I like to train at elevation. Like I'll go up camping yeah. with my dogs in, in the cold. I love the cold. I'll, I'll camp year round, like 10 degrees. And I'll go out and swing my kettlebells and do snatches. And the dogs are out playing in the snow and we drink some vodka and we go to bed. And I think it's fantastic. Then I go back into a, a nice facility and everything is just real, real primed, you know? And uh, I think that that variety and that deprivation um, makes you appreciate a little bit more. Absolutely. And you see it. There's, in fact, if you get a chance, there's a book on it. It's from the late 1950s. The guy's name is C. Northcote Parkinson. But just remember the name of the book, Parkinson's Law. And by the time you get done with the book, you will laugh. If, if you've ever been in a school, you will laugh out loud the entire time because they are literally describing the school that you are in. And folks, I don't care what school you're at. It's perfect. Uh, I've been told that it, it does the same for every business people are in. Uh, the person who does the least amount of work has the biggest office. Uh, I have a job one time uh, when I worked for the Catholic Church. Uh, we had a superintendent, and he, he's, he just retired about two years ago, uh, just retired. And I remember somebody said, well, did you hear that, uh, you know, Sean retired? And I go, he retired? Well, when did he start working? Because he <laughs> never did anything. And his office looked like, uh, it looked like a set of an, when you think of an office uh, in a set, in a movie, that was his office. Everything was perfect. He never did a goddamn thing. And never, I mean, he, he couldn't make a decision to save his life, but he'd always push it off. Well, let's have a committee look into this. He'd say, a committee. Are you going to be on the committee? Well, no, because I don't want to influence Oh, so in other words, you're going to have a group of people make your decisions for you. And instead of having to decide it like that, we're going to wait five years till the problem is so huge that, that and well, here we are in the coronavirus. Uh, so yeah, uh, Parkinson's Law, really worth the time reading. Uh, and any, if you're in any organization or in the field we're in, because yeah. it's, uh, there's a lot of truth to it. Uh, the hardest, the, the gyms I've been to that I've learned the most from you know, I went down to visit Brett Contreras in his original gym. And, uh, I want to say it's in Arizona, it was Arizona. And then his new gym in San Diego. And you go in there and it's like, uh, his original gym was just like my garage. And then people fly over the world to come to my garage. But then you go to these other places, these palaces, you know, we have to, you have to come in with a card and swipe. Yeah. And in my house, you have to deal with my dog barking at you because he wants, <laughs> he wants to lick you. Of course. Uh, I'm not being... Try not to be negative on this, but I think every listener probably has, you know, we were not wealthy growing up. And I think about how we used our minds to invent games, play games. Uh, every time the Easter lilies would come out, we would rip them. <laughs> My mom was so happy about this. And we, there, cause they were long and we'd turn them into swords and spears and those, uh, the Christmas, uh, wrapping paper tubes that were long. Mm -hmm. Well, of course we get those and beat each other senseless. Oh yeah. But you know, and, and with my grandson now, I'll go out and buy him his own sword now, but I don't know if he'd play with it as much as I played with that stupid cardboard tube. One time mm -hmm. my mom came in the backyard and I had built a fort in the backyard and all the tubes were gunner, you know, gunnery tubes, you know? <laughs> so I was ready for the attack on every direction, you know? So, there is a human 
aspect to that too. Um, if you don't have it, your imagination will 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 fix it. You know, mm-hmm. and imagination is an underrated tool for coaching. Well, for life, you know. Yeah, now, that's very deep on a lot of levels. You know, like when my gyms before I start recording. I have three facilities I train at and all three closed in one day. And my first reaction was like, Oh, did not see that coming. But then we realized this is, this is happening to everybody in this country, other countries as well. And then you realize there are people that need that service. Like they're in this boat too. How do you serve them? So then I sign up for zoom and then how do you know if it's going to suck? You just, you do it, you try it and you adapt. Right. And the audio was horrible. The first session we figured it out how to make it better. And you just, you tweak things and, you just, you make do, you make do. I've been teaching online for Columbia College since 1998. Uh, Arlen Epperson, who started the thing, thinks I'm the, told me I was the number five instructor. So one, two, three, four, I'm number five online. Wow. And one of the great lessons I learned online, I'll sh- can I show you a few, a few ideas? Please, yes. Yeah. The hardest lesson is this. Everything has to be done before. So I'll be honest, financially, this might be the best month of my life. Because I have been building up this volume of stuff for all those years. And when people were looking for resources, so when you work online, so when you decide to do, uh, you're going to do a training session online, they already have to know what the exercises are. So you have to video the exercises before the class. They need to see what the exercises are. They have to have a, that you have, and you have to follow the template exactly. So you cannot, there's no jazz in online education. You know, you, there's no riffing. Hey, I was going to do, we're going to do marching close now for 30 seconds, like it says in the workout. But it says of that, grab a kettlebell, do a snatch, now one arm press, now I'm going to do a side bend, now we're going to, no, yeah. no jazz. No, no, uh, you know, no Miles Davis, babe. you know, there's no cold train here. You, you, you got to, you got to, you know, make the plan, stick to the plan. It is, you know, what the, the plan the dive, dive the plan. You know, like it. You're not you're not going to get cute now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's number one. Uh, number two, and this is the hardest thing for most people is clarity, clarity, clarity. If you're going to do an online workout, which I don't know if that can work, because what I've been seeing so far, if you get a chance, uh, go to YouTube and type in Jack Lane, yeah. and they have some of his old Jack Lane shows that I watch as a kid. And he was very good. Look at the way he has people do what he called circulatory work. Like he would have them march in place during the commercial, jumping jacks during the commercial. And then after he would talk. So what you'll notice about the Jacqueline workouts was a lot of it was he would turn and have a chalkboard and there'd be 10 things he'd want to talk about that day. That's probably the best one on nutrition. It's fantastic. That's great. Um, But... So if you're going to have a half hour session with your clients online, every client needs to be sent the workout first. Mm-hmm. Here's what the training session is. And that's why if you get a chance, I'm very proud of this. Uh, the workouts are called 30, 30 for 30. And if you type in 30 slash 30 for 30 and type my name, I have five articles on it at on target publications. But What's good about the, th- let me explain it to you real quick. Do, do you have a minute? Is, oh, yes. Yeah, my time's your turn. So we're going to do, uh, let's just say, hip thrust is going to be the, the hip thrust will be the floor, the naked hip thrust will be the exercise, okay? Mm-hmm. So 30 seconds of hip thrusts, 30 seconds of rest, and during that 30 seconds, your job is to introduce the next exercise. Yep. Okay? 30 seconds of hip thrust, 30 second rest, 30 seconds of plank, 30 second rest, 30 seconds of uh, goblet squats, 30 seconds rest, 30 seconds hip thrust, 30 seconds rest, 30 seconds of um, marching in place with weight in your left hand, 30 seconds rest, 30 seconds of hip thrust, 30 seconds rest, 30 seconds of marching in place with something in your right hand. Repeat that two more times. Yes. How simple is that? It's I love it. hip thrusts and five easy to explain exercises. Mm-hmm. And your job is to come in, a, the class to be 45 minutes with a five-minute introduction, five-minute reminder. If you get tired, sit down. Here's a more advanced one for some of you. But trust me, folks, just do it the simple way with me first. At the end, tell everyone to get a, or to, you know, I, I think 
after a workout session, you hand everybody a floss stick and you let it. So that way I'm allowed to breathe hard while mm -hmm. I floss my teeth. Okay. And then in that last 10 minutes, you go over the importance of drinking water, sleep, uh, being kind, uh, you know, uh, hygiene it's in these times, washing. Mm -hmm. And then boom, it's over 45 minutes. And there's absolutely what you're striving for is clarity, clarity, clarity. And uh, that's going to be the key. I love it. Uh, I, <laughs> this is gold, Dan. This is solid yeah. gold. That's well, I, can, I, I can tell you one of the things is that it's going to be hard for some people to listen because their model is still a little bit of look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah, well, there's a lot of that. That's not a, that's not a good model for doing mm -hmm. this. Yeah. You know? It's um, not, I agree with you. I, there's a lot of that flashy, what's cool on Instagram, you know, and yeah. I, yeah. But I think what people we work with need is simple, effective. And like you said, talk in their language, just help them help themselves. Yeah. So in fact, if I was going to run a workout, like you, I would have, uh, uh, do you have someone who would, who could do the workouts with the clients? Uh, good for some of them. Yeah. Okay. So say you have an assistant, a wife, girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So she does the hip thrusts and mm -hmm. your job is to not to your job is to coach the hip thrust, you know, squeeze the knees, squeeze the butt, finish it tall. And then during that 30 seconds, while she's resting, mm -hmm. You're going over, okay, remember on the plank, okay, we got 15 seconds. Remember on the plank, uh, you know, squeeze, squeeze, great, uh, turn the grapes that are in your armpit in the, into wine. You know, oh, squeeze, thank you. That's good. Yeah, squeeze your butt cheeks uh, in Utah. We have a joke. I always say, I call it Utah birth control. Squeeze your knees, <laughs> you know. Um, That's good. And so what you're trying to, what you want to do then, and then once you get into that 30-second plank, you simplify again. Squeeze, stay tall. Hang in there. You're doing fine. Squeeze, squeeze. Make remember, turn those grapes into wine. Grapes into wine, and then at the end of the 30 seconds, your partner rests. You talk up the next exercise again, and you also have the chart. And I would checklist it as you go through. And uh, you're gonna have people following you because it's easy to follow. I love it. This is so helpful. So helpful. It, it is, it's, it's uh, very doable too. Like my wife is always up for participating. My, my dogs are into it. Doing a plank dogs, come in, they kiss your face. People like that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's relatable and it's, it's, and you make a joke about it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Two dog kisses, you know, that's, that, <laughs> that's some extra, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. So I think, I think we're, I think that's the key. And I love the fact that you said doable because to me, 10 years of doable workouts is going to be much better than a three, two week challenge. Yes. So true. I'm glad to hear that from you because uh, you're, you're super strong and you, you've done amazing stuff and it's so refreshing to hear it from you. Um, cause you see people come in, they're like, I want to do this crazy thing. And you're like, well, you haven't even started to walk yet. You get a, <laughs> well, I mean, I go, I mean, it's like when CrossFit first kind of showed up and they were talking about, you know, you know, instantly becoming an Olympic lifter, you know, yeah. And I had to remind them. So the first day I ever snatched, I snatched 165. Basically, I think I was almost, it was either body weight or right there. Three weeks later, I snatched 187. And I'll just, there's a point behind all this. Uh, uh, then 231, nine months later, the next year, 264, and the next year, a little bit more. Then I snatched 286. 17 years later, I snatched 314. What many people miss is that little thing I said there. Mm -hmm. My Olympic lifting career was, it took me 17 years to break through. And you, in hindsight, I wish I could sit down with little Danny John and say, listen, um, it, what we say in discus throwing, inch by inch, it's a cinch. Yard by yard, it's a hard. And you know, you just, a little bit, you just keep, like I keep saying, you build brick, 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 brick. If you focus on the bricks, you've got the Great Wall of China. If you focus on the Great Wall of China, that brick doesn't mean anything today. Yeah. Those hundred bricks is nothing. But if all you do is, so I tell people, focus on the bricks, man. Focus on the process. I love it. The results will take care of themselves. And it's so true. Coming from you, that means a lot. 
I've definitely seen that with people I work with. They're just doing the basics, doing it effective, practice, 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 practice. Next thing you know, oh, the pattern's better. The weight went up. Life is better. What's wrong with that? (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Oh my God, Dan, this has been such a joy. Um, And anybody in the fitness industry or outside of it is going to get a lot out of this conversation. Um, I sincerely appreciate it. Do you have any more questions? Oh, I've got tons. <laughs> you want to do this again? We should, yeah, I'd love to do this again. Okay, let's do this again. I have, uh, just for the gentle listeners, I have to go see my, my accountant today because mm-hmm. uh, even though y'all get that extension till July 15th or whatever it is, uh, some of us don't. So I have <laughs> to uh, make my annual pilgrimage to watch all my hard work go down the drain. Uh, I hear that. But, yeah, one more question we can, or do you? Oh, I've got tons. Um, Well, I'll leave it on a fun one. What is your gym called? The Murray Institute for Lifelong Fitness. Which is abbreviated as MILF. MILF, yes. And I don't, whenever I tell people that they laugh and I don't, (laughs) it's just something they're not used to. So yeah. Well, it is, Uh, it's it's comical and it's a good name. (laughs) So there's an, if you look up, there's an outside uh, article by Daniel Dwayne when he went to Jim Jones and part Mm -hmm. of it was going to the MILF. And, uh, and Mark Twight had been talking, you know, Mark Twight, I don't know if you know who he is. Mm-hmm. So Mark had been talking up Dan, John and the MILF and the guy honestly expected to be going like to a headquarters, a laboratory. And he gets in there and I got a fridge and I've got, you know, uh, you know, there's full of beer, which I call electrolytes. And yeah, you know, I, got a, I got a bottle of rum, you know, and I, right now I have a bottle of Irish whiskey. I always keep a bottle of alcohol in the gym. And the joke is it's for emergencies only, you know? <laughs> but it's, well, th- there's good reason for that. I'll tell you, it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, I'm 63. Uh, my brother died last year. Uh, terrible tragedy. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I lose a friend every so often. So I've, I've always kept a bottle of whiskey in the gym. So, and I, I hate the whole pour it out one for the homies, but oh, sure. I'll, I'll, we generally toast uh, mm-hmm. a fallen warrior. Uh, we, uh, you know, when I lose uh, the guys I work with in the military, we always toast. And that's that. God, I just brought it down, didn't I? But no, that's, not at all. That's why the liquor's there. Yeah. I can, I can, I can get on that topic right away. Um, I always have vodka in my in my Forerunner, which is my mobile gym, and I lost my brother too, and my sister, yeah. and so it's nothing wrong with celebrating their lives yeah. and what they brought to you and into us. And yeah. so, yeah, I think it's always good to have celebratory drinks on hand. So, what I'd like you to do, if you don't mind, let uh, why don't you uh, get this week it turned out to be odd with mm-hmm. multiple podcasts with, you know, there's nothing bad folks, gentle listeners. I'm fine financially. And that's kind of the problem. I'm doing too fine. Uh, but I have to, I do have to run to go to the accountant. Um, but I just wanted, I just, I just think this has been great. And you're, you're so easy to work with. I'll be happy to do it again. I'll really, you don't. Like, okay? I, I really appreciate that. If this has been a, a, an honor on my part and my listeners are going to get so much out of this. Um, I'll try and get this up today and um, well, we can yeah, change some lives. Send it, send the link to me and I'll, I'll put on my wandering weights. Uh, That'd be awesome. And uh, folks, if you need to get hold of me, uh, there's danjohn.net and then there's danjohnuniversity.com. Um, uh, oh, can I just tell, real quick, yeah. with, the, with the virus going around, I do have to charge for the university. I'm sorry. But right now we have a special three months for 29 bucks. If they just type in Corona. Corona in capital letters. And then uh, that just, it's a, it's, we, I, I don't, it's, I don't just do it myself. There's, I have to pay other people and, have to, and there are costs. So I don't, I think it just covers costs. I, I could be wrong. I could be making $5 billion. I, <laughs> You'll find out today. I, I struggle to find out, but yeah, I, but uh, I think it just covers costs and it's, and uh, I do would like to say also, Larie Draper, who publishes my books on, on Target, she's working on a program right now for a thing called, we're talking about a library card, where very, very small fee, like 10 bucks or something like that, where someone can download, n- not download the books on the computer, but you can read the books mm-hmm. online without cost. Uh, you know, without, so if you have your code, you can read the books. So oh, I'm really happy so helpful. that Brian, who works with me, and Laurie, who works with me, are both like, when things got bad for our friends in the fitness community, first thing they did was 
let's find a way to continue to serve and help people. And oh, that's so beautiful. Healthier and happier. I, I love it. That is super helpful. I'll have a link to that in the Corona uh, code yeah, there. Too, again, all caps and, uh, uh, hey, and uh, there's a great forum on that site, a great forum, good people. They write complete sentences. They're nice to each other. <laughs> I can actually, some write paragraphs multiple paragraphs that actually connect together with transition articulation crazy it's just it's like what a it's concept didn't come true <laughs> <laughs> well uh well, much love so much okay my pleasure yeah much love to you and your family and i look forward to talking to you very soon real soon sure, okay. take, right. take care take care